The LA Kings scored eight goals against the Seattle Kraken Tuesday night, but they gave up nine. We'll try our best to recap the wildest and weirdest game I have ever seen in person. Plus, as you might expect, there was some fallout with the LA Kings today as a result. All that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. We're at 892 subscribers. Our goal was 900 by the end of November. We are on the final day of November. Who knows? Maybe we get pushed over uh, the top there because of the interest in today's show. Uh, which I think should be pretty high. Uh, my name is Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years, the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 plus years. And in all those 30 years, I am not sure I have seen a more wild, crazy game involving the LA Kings. Now, the miracle on Manchester was before my time as a Kings fan. Uh, but I know I have never witnessed a crazier game in person than the game that I saw last night at Crypto.com Arena, a 9-8 overtime win for the Seattle Kraken over our L.A. Kings. And there is news today as a result of that uh, performance by the L.A. Kings. Goalie Cal Peterson has been placed on waivers, assuming no one claims him, and I will be beyond shocked if somebody does. Uh, he will be assigned to Ontario in the AHL. The Kings also canceled practice today, and there was no media availability. Much more coming up on this, but we need to go back and look at last night's game, break it down, react to it, and uh, talk about what has happened today as a result. So let's go back to the game on Tuesday night here in Los Angeles, and the lineup for the LA Kings was a usual one that we've seen for about the last four games or so. Top line, Andre Kopitar with Adrian Kempe and Kevin Fiala. Second line, Philip Deneau centering along with Victor Arvidsson and Trevor Moore. Third line, Blake Lozada at center with Gabe Velarde and Carl Grundstrom. Fourth line, Rasmus Kupari with Arthur Kaliev and Jarrett Anderson-Dolan on the wings. The defensive pairings were Drew Doughty and Mikey Anderson, Matt Roy and Sean Dursey, Sean Walker and Alex Edler, and Jonathan Quick was, at least to start this game, in net for the LA Kings. We talked about it briefly on yesterday's show. There were some call-ups for the Kings. Samuel Fugimo, Jordan Spence, uh, they were not in the lineup for this game. And also Brant Clark, still a healthy scratch for L.A. Alex Iafalo and Brendan Lemieux still on injured reserve. I believe this is the fourth straight game. We've seen this lineup with Fiala back on the top line. Velarde down on the third, uh, third line. Plus Lazat and Grunstrom on the third line. And Kupari and Kaliev on the fourth line. For Jonathan Quick, it was his third straight start in net. So after a bad opening period in their previous game against the Senators, I wanted and expected a better start for the LA Kings against Seattle. And hard to get a better start than scoring on your first shot of the game. Andre Kopitar, 16 seconds in, gives LA the one nothing lead. Unfortunately, the Kraken would score two goals before Victor Arvidsson would tie it up on a beautiful deflection on a Sean Dersey point shot. That was on the power play, and we were knotted up at 2-2. Kraken regained the lead 
only to see LA tie it up again. Gabe Velarde this time, a wrist shot with Andre Kopitar providing a screen on the power play again for Velarde, his team-leading 12th goal of the season. And we were tied at 3-3 after one period. Pretty wild period. Oh, no, we were just getting warmed up. The second period was even crazier with eight combined goals from the two teams. Seattle would grab the 4-3 lead, only to see L.A. tie it up again on a Carl Grundstrom goal. Blake Lazat with a nice pass after getting the puck off the boards to Grundstrom for a one-timer. We were tied at 4-4. Krakenwood reclaimed the lead at 5-4, and L.A. Uh, would then pull starting goalie Jonathan Quick. He was replaced by Cal Peterson after that fifth goal. Kings, though, would tie it up again at 5-5. Adrian Kempe with the goal. Kevin Fiala, a beautiful backhand feed from behind the net to Kempe in the slot. But Seattle would score the next two and grab a 7-5 lead before Gabe Velarde scored his second of the game, his team leading 13th on the season. This is another one of those not officially a power play, but realistically a power play goal. Seattle penalty just expired. Player was out of the box, but not able to get back in the play. So again, realistically, it's a power play goal. Officially, though, not a power play goal. Great puck movement by the Kings on this one. Kevin Fiala to the point to Drew Doughty over to Mikey Anderson. His shot was deflected in front by Andre Kopitar, and then Gabe Velarde was there for the tap-in. But of course, the Kraken would close out the scoring with another goal in the final seconds of the second period, and we were 8-6 going into the third period of the game. I believe at that point, it was already the highest-scoring game in the NHL this season. In the third, the Kings would score the only two goals of the period, both coming from Defenseman Sean Dursey's point shot deflected off a Seattle stick and floated past goalie Martin Jones to make it 8-7. And then, of all people, Mikey Anderson, his first goal of the season, tied it up at 8-8. Again, some good puck movement from the Kings and just a blast of a slap shot from Mikey Anderson past Martin Jones, who stayed in the entire game. This one from the top of the left faceoff circle. And we would eventually go to overtime in overtime the Kings were called for a too many men on the ice penalty. Seattle would take advantage and get the 9-8 overtime win. Again, I was at the game. Uh, I did record the game on my DVR, and usually I go back and watch the games because there are things you see in person that you don't pick up watching on TV, and there are certainly things you see from watching on TV that you may miss in person. The only thing I went back and watched this morning was the penalty call. I wanted to know exactly what happened because I didn't see it real time. So Adrian Kempe is coming off the ice and Trevor Moore is coming over the boards to replace him. As Kempe is getting over the boards, Sean Dursey made a pass at the Kings blue line in the direction of Philip Deneau and Trevor Moore. Moore touched the puck just before Kempe was on the bench. That is too many men on the ice. Now, if you think it was the right call, it depends on what type of rules you think should be enforced. I'm going to steal a line from my buddy Ben Maller over at Fox Sports Radio. Are you a letter of the law guy or are you a spirit of the law guy? I am a spirit of the law guy. Letter of the law guy would say the refs made the right call. Spirit of the law guy knows that Kempe with one foot on the ice and Trevor Moore touching the puck had realistically no impact on what was going on in the game. They could have easily let that go. They didn't. Technically, letter of the law, they got the call right. Spirit of the law says play on, especially in an 8-8 tied game in overtime. But that wasn't the case. And to the Kraken's credit, as they did for most of the night, they took advantage 
of their power play opportunities. This was the highest scoring game in the NHL this season with 17 combined goals. Strangely enough, no hat tricks in this one. Kevin Fiala had four assists to lead LA in points, gave Velarde the only king to score a multi-goal game with two. Mikey Anderson's first of the season again tied it up, and the Kings at least got a point out of it, rallying with two goals in the third period. The Kings did use both goalies. Jonathan Quick allowed five goals on 14 shots before getting pulled, and Cal Peterson, which we'll talk more about in a bit, actually took the loss in this one, allowing four goals on 16 shots. He takes the loss because he allowed the game-winning goal in overtime. Kings were two for four on the power play, but realistically more like three for four. But they only killed off one of Seattle's four power plays, including the one in overtime that ended the game. Kings fall to 12, 9, and 4 on the season. Seattle has now won six in a row and sit three points up on the Kings in second place in the Pacific Division. We are not close to being done uh, analyzing this crazy game. Uh, the craziest game, frankly, in the NHL this season. We're going to look more in-depth on the goals that were allowed by the Kings, which is not going to be fun to do, but we're going to do it. And we're going to talk more about the fallout from what we saw last night uh, at Crypto.com Arena. But before we get into all that, I need to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer. we got the World Cup going on, eSports. Uh, they've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and I'm guessing you do, you can find those at BetOnline as well. It is the fastest, easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to betonline.net today and use your mobile device to learn more. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. So it may be difficult to look at it, but we're going to at least somewhat examine all nine goals allowed by the Kings. We'll try and pull off the Band-Aid quickly so it's not too painful, although that might be hard to do when it's nine goals. But all right, the first goal for Seattle came on the power play. Unfortunately, that would be a familiar theme on the night. Jonathan Quick would make an initial strong save on the first shot but he was out of position for the rebound. Unfortunately, Adrian Kempe couldn't clear the puck. The, the puck, the rebound puck bounced through his legs and out to the point and the crack and were able to put in the rebound with quick out of position. Second Seattle goal, Jordan Eberle skates around Mikey Anderson in the corner towards the net. He feeds a crashing Jared McCann who beat Drew Doughty to the net. And that made it, um, well, that was the second goal of the game for Seattle. And, and those were our two top defensemen, allegedly, uh, our top pairing, Mikey Anderson, Drew Doughty, both getting beat on that second goal for Seattle. At least for Mikey Anderson, I'll give him a little bit of credit. If you're going to let a guy beat you, you want it to be t- going towards the, the back of the net, not towards the middle of the net. Um, although he did get a step on him and was able to make the nice feed. And then Drew Doughty couldn't tie up the stick of the crashing offensive player. The third goal for Seattle also came on the power play. Alexander Wenberg gets a deflected goal at the side of the net under Quick's armpit. The fourth goal for Seattle, Kings turnover behind the net on a strong forecheck. Sean Dursey um, getting knocked off the puck. Jordan Everly passed out in front of Matty Berniers. No one covering the front of the net for LA on the fourth goal. The fifth goal for Seattle, Jared McCann. Shoots it from the right face-off dot. Um, he went back post on Jonathan Quick as Quick was sliding from his right to his left. And that would be all for Jonathan Quick. The sixth goal for Seattle was just stupid puck luck. Uh, the, the the wildest of the 17 goals of the night. 
Uh, Cal Peterson's first goal allowed. Shot goes off his blocker, shoots straight up in the air, doesn't know where it is, comes straight down behind him, lands in the crease, and bounce over the goal line for a lucky goal for the Kraken. Seventh goal. This was probably the worst goal allowed by the Kings because it came on an awful turnover by Gabe Velarde in his own zone, passed it to the center of the ice. It's intercepted and immediately put into the back of the net. The eighth goal, a wrist shot from the left faceoff dot, high stick side, uh, just too much time for the Kraken player to pick a corner. And then the ninth goal on the power play in overtime, Andre Barovkowski just gets too much time and space again, was able to pick a corner again, high blocker side into the top corner of the net on Cal Peterson. And that was it. Nine, eight, the Kraken get the victory. So what do we think about this game as a whole? And what does it mean to send Cal Peterson uh, down to the minors, assuming he clears waivers? I'll certainly give you my thoughts on that. Plus, I do have to mention something that might not make some Kings fans happy, but um, I got to be honest about something. And it's about Kings fans. uh, And that is coming up. In just a second, but first, I want to invite you to check out Locked On Sports today. It has the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. That is the Locked On Sports Today podcast available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So here's a quote from LA Kings head coach Todd McClellan after last night's 9-8 overtime loss. Quote, I am very, very confused it's, or excuse me, let me get it right. Quote, it's a very, very confusing night for all of us. I am really disappointed that we gave up nine goals, absolutely. But on the other side of the coin, I'm glad we fought back, got a point, and scored eight. End quote. I feel the same way, uh, confused. I can't deny that part of me was exhilarated by this crazy game. Uh, I think a lot of it was due to the fact that the Kings were continually battling back, as Todd McClellan said. Five times the Kings were down and scored to tie up the game. They showed great fight. They really did. Part of me wanted to throw up at this team that was so good as a team defensively a year ago, allowing nine goals in a game and and seeming to to be helpless uh, against the power play. Again, part of me was entertained and part of me wanted to pound my head on the desk. Um, One thing I took the Kings to task over, if you listen to our previous show on Monday, was a lack of effort and fight, especially in that opening period against Ottawa. The Kings fought hard all game in this one, and they lost to a very good Seattle team. I have no problem with the Kings' desire and effort on the whole Tuesday night, the execution and decision-making defensively, obviously that's another story. Uh, And this game, I thought, was a lot like the Kings season in some ways. There were times, there have been times this season that as Kings fans, we could be happy and even proud at the effort the Kings have given. And there are times where we are scratching our head and wondering, what the hell are we doing? Confusing is a very good word for it. Uh, Some of the things I talked about on Tuesday's show that I wanted to see in this game. Want to get off to a good start? Absolutely. We scored on the first shot of the game. Wanted to have a good effort in the first period, carry over for the rest of the game. Well, that was a bit of a mixed bag. I guess offensively, the answer would be yes. Defensively, the answer would be no. 
I wanted to see the top line, and in particular, Adrian Kempe lead this team. Well, Kempe did snap a six-game goalless streak with a goal. Andre Kopitar had the opening goal of the game. He was certainly active in this one, and Kevin Fiala had a team-high four assists. So, yeah, I think the top line showed up in this one. Uh, great team defensive effort? No. To put it simply, no. And certainly the same could be said for Seattle as well. They won the game, and they're certainly happy about it, but they've got to be wondering, what were we doing uh, offensively, or excuse me, defensively as well? Uh, the Kings' power play, I wanted to see it continue to uh, play well. It did. Uh, as I mentioned, two official power play goals on four chances. Realistically, it was really three for four on the power play, so that's great. Uh, but the special teams overall, the penalty kill was terrible and continues to be bad. Um, and of course, the most important thing was I wanted to see a Kings win. Obviously, that didn't happen. Did it feel in some way, I don't want to say satisfying because that's not the right word, but scoring two third period goals and shutting out Seattle in the third to get a point out of it does seem like, I mean, I guess it makes it a little easier to swallow, but then the too many men on the ice call in overtime, again, the referee's letter of the law did get the call right. Just got to be more careful in that situation. Um, but like Todd McClellan said, confusing the whole effort, really. The whole game, the whole season so far for the LA Kings has certainly been a little bit confusing. And look, I've floated it out there. I'm not calling for it. I'm still not calling for it. But I have said because of the way the Kings have played this season, the up and down, the good and the bad, uh, are they considering a coaching change? And that obviously is a very drastic move. I don't think that's a move you ever make lightly. Um, but I, I brought it up just because of are we are we going to eventually see something done to try and change the fortunes of this team? Now, we still have about 75% of the season to go, so there's still a long way to go. There's still time to make possibly difficult decisions. But I think today we did see, I don't know, maybe uh, the toe being put into the water, so to speak, of – Letting the players know if they didn't know already, but letting them know that what's going on is not acceptable. Cal Peterson has been placed on waivers. What does that mean if you don't know? Well, that means that any team in the NHL now can lay a claim for Cal Peterson if they want him. Now, what are the likely? What's the likelihood that's going to happen? Uh, it is extremely unlikely that anyone will take on Cal Peterson for two reasons. Number one, he's playing like crap. Uh, and number two, he's making $5 million per year. Who wants to pay $5 million a year for a bad goalie? Nobody. And we floated this idea, actually, several weeks ago when we recognized that Cal um, was having uh, problems finding his game. We wondered, why not send him to the OHL, let him start every game for a week or so, and if he finds his game in that time period, call him back up, and hopefully that has been part of a resolution for the way he's played so far this year. Um, they're, they're finally doing it. I think it also does send a bit of a message to the rest of the team uh, that, that the Kings are going to start doing things to change things up because the way things are going, nobody wants to see a full season of what we've seen so far. It has certainly been eventful. It has certainly been interesting. It's certainly given me some stuff to talk about. But as, as a Kings fan, we want to see a more consistent effort on the ice. We want to see a more polished product on the ice. Again, ownership has paid money. The Kings ownership has spent to the cap. They brought in Kevin Fiala, right? This is a team we expected to be better this year. It was talked about after the final game of the playoffs against Edmonton. Tom McClellan, out of his lips, 
Get ready for the expectations to be higher. Be ready to meet those expectations. That hasn't been the case yet. And yet, as we've talked about, the Kings are still in a playoff position. Now, you know, they may be battling for a playoff position uh, here because of the games played and all that kind of stuff, but they are, despite their ups and their downs, they are about where I thought they'd be. Uh, either in the third spot in the Pacific or maybe in a wild card spot or battling for a wild card spot. That's where I thought they would be. And that's kind of pretty much where they are. So I don't think Cal Peterson is going to get claimed. And if he is, okay, uh, then we now have some uh, salary to play with and maybe go out and make a move and we would find a goalie elsewhere. I don't think that's going to happen. I think what the Kings are looking at is, again, sending Cal down to the AHL, letting him get the start every night, for a little while, find his game, bring him back up. In the interim, this is not official, but I'm sure Phoenix Copley will be the backup goalie to Jonathan Quick while this is going down. Uh, Copley is a guy who's seen time in the NHL. He's a decent enough number two in a small uh, stopgap type of a role. And so that's what I think we're, we're going to happen. As far as canceling practice and canceling the media availability, um, I'm guessing uh, they ha- there was a come-to-Jesus meeting uh, for lack of a better term, with the Kings uh, and management earlier today. I'm going to guess Rob Blake, maybe Luke Robitaille, got the guys in a room and uh, had a, a a clear discussion. I don't think it needed to be said. Well, I'll, I'll take that back. Uh, I don't think it needed to be said in the sense that I'm sure the players understand that the way the season has gone so far is not good enough and things need to change and they need to change sooner rather than later. I'm sure the players are well aware of that. However, it does need to be said, and it does need to be said by people people other than Todd McClellan. It needs to be said by the general manager. It needs to be said by the president of the team, that type of thing. Just to get the message, send it home a little bit more. Because, again, this is a talented team. They have done some good things this year, but not enough. And uh, so the message needs to be sent, and we'll see how the Kings respond to this going forward. Um, and then... Based on that, we'll see if it doesn't resonate. If, it, if they don't respond to it, then I think, like I said, I think the coaching change is something that can be considered. Maybe a trade, although I don't know how real, realistic that is, but something will likely change for the LA Kings going forward. So hopefully, this crazy nine-eight overtime loss is some sort of a wake-up call. If if there wasn't a wake-up call already, uh, then this meeting canceling practice and look i'm sure there was a long film session a breakdown step by step of these nine goals allowed and the things that they did wrong and they'll work on it in practice and do all the things they have to do but i think more importantly again uh you change things up call off practice no media get in a room with uh all the brain trust and lay it all on the table and say guys this has to change We're, we're we're going to change going forward And if we don't change going forward, there are going to be changes uh, on this team. So that's what it it means to me as far as what was done today by the LA Kings. One more thing I want to mention, and maybe it's not the smartest thing in the world to say because I rely on you guys to like and subscribe and listen and watch the YouTube channel. But I got to be honest, and I'm not, I don't want to become off like some Mr. Media guy in his ivory tower looking down from the press box onto the fans. But I thought the atmosphere last night at crypto.com was pretty bad. The crowd was never into the game. 
the first shot of the game for the Kings went in and the crowd act surprised. Uh, there wasn't really a reaction that much. I didn't think being there in person, I, I had some, I, I know some people that were at the game and I was texting them. Is it me or is it dead in here? And they all said, yeah, it's really quiet in here. Uh, there were a few go Kings go chants that came and quickly died as no one seemed to want to join in. Now, Maybe it's because uh, all the fans are waiting for the next shoe to drop uh, after the Kings' first goal. Um, but, I mean, there were 17 goals scored. Uh, there was a lot to take in. You would have thought there would have been more cheering and, frankly, maybe even more booing. But it was um, a, a, a I have not experienced a game like this, and it was a weird atmosphere. Kings fans did not give this team much of a push until the end. The, the crowd finally showed up after Sean Dursey's goal to make it 8-7. That's when they were finally like, let's try and push this team to tie it up and then see what happens. And the Go Kings Go chants after that point were with enthusiasm and with some excitement. And I don't know why it wasn't there for most of the game. Um, you know, it, it, honestly, I just have to say, Felt like there wasn't much of a home ice advantage for the Kings last night. So I don't, it was a weird game all the way around. I'm glad eventually the fans got into it. I certainly wish they would have gotten that last loud cheer at the end of the game with an overtime game winner. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But um, I, I will just say this honestly as a Kings fan, um, I think we can do better Kings fans as well. I think the team can do better for us. But I think we as fans can uh, can do a little bit better job as well, to be honest. I know Seattle is not a sexy opponent. I know it was a Tuesday night, but I'm just I'm like I said, I'm I, if, if nothing else, I am honest on here with this show. And I just wanted to share that observation that I thought Kings fans last night didn't do a great job for most of the game. And maybe you could say, well, it's a reflection of the team. But uh, it, it was certainly an eventful game. One, I will certainly never forget. And I guess most importantly, looking forward and going ahead. How will the Kings respond to this? Will we look back at 9-8 overtime loss against Seattle right before the end of December as a, demar a point of demarcation, if you will, where the Kings then kind of got it together after that? Or not? I don't know. It remains to be seen. We'll certainly be here every day on Locked on LA Kings to tell you how the story unfolds. But uh, very, very interesting game last night, to say the least, and some interesting moves today by the LA Kings, and we'll see where they go from here. Next game, how they respond, we'll find out on Thursday at home against the Arizona Coyotes. I do want to mention before we close out the show that because there is a Thursday game and on Friday we will have a recap of the Coyotes and Kings game, uh, our normal Feedback Friday segment is going to be on Thursday. So if you have anything to say about that game uh, on uh, Tuesday, uh, anything to say, about the where where the Kings are, anything to say about the putting of Cal Peterson on waivers, anything at all, the email address is lockedoneddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddy at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at LockedOnLAKings and on Instagram at LockedOnLAKings as well. Thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today from the games that matter the most. Uh, from the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, uh, 
that was a hell of a game. Wish it would have turned out different. Looking forward to seeing how the Kings respond. I'm sure you are as well. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching the Locked on LA Kings. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. As always, we say regardless of the result in the previous game, go Kings go.